what up guys welcome to faded town the number one pokemon podcast in the world these are facts look them up in a book google it poke stats it um i'm pretty sure it's on limitless at this point (laughs) (laughs) um first time tuning in this is our monday's episodes sit one-on-one with a player person anything alien whatever someone of the pokemon community doing something cool that has something to talk about um that's what we do on mondays um definitely hit the subscribe button like it like i said if you watch the last podcast we kind of go into real depth on like content creation and how much these little things matter you know so definitely hit that like button um if you're on audio only leave me a review please i think that even if it sucks dude I think it would be hilarious. Someone give me a one, but actually explain why it was a one. Because that, that's gold content, all right? So hit that up. Um, but we got Will Jenkins on here again. We've had him before. Um, last time we talked to him, he basically gave us his Pokemon life story. Like how he started, where's he at. He was quitting. It was over. Everything, this was his last season. He was on a fucking hot streak. He was looking good. He him and his team were dominating regionals. There was Worlds was looking in sight as he could. His team, him, someone in this group was gonna win. Like that's how good they were playing. And then they cut us all off. And now we're seven or eight months later. Where are we at? Well, huh? what are we doing here? How's it, how's it going, buddy? Well, first I want to start off with thanking you for having me back on. As you guys know, Zach already said it, this is the number one Pokemon podcast. This Thank is facts. I, personally, a longtime fan of this show, tried to overtake that spot with my own thing, <laughs> but I failed. And this is still, seven months later, the number one Pokemon podcast. So Thank you know, you. hit the subscribe button, the like, you know what to do. Other than that, you're right. We were on a hot streak. <laughs> Life was good. I was in school. I was flying to international countries on the weekend. And then we were like, all right. Fresh off a, a win for the uh, a win for the group, a top eight for the group. We're like, let's go to New York. Let's do some cups. New York, state of emergency. The weekend we are there. I'm like, hey, that's that's not good. That's not good, dude. Go home. Ready to go to Toronto. Ready to play Pidgeotto or Picaram. Someone hits me up. Yo, you still going to Toronto? I'm not going. I'm like, oh, okay. What? Europe Europe travel ban. Oh. Hmm. Oh, so I cancel on my car, and then that was it. That was it. Pokemon's gone. Pokemon's, Pokemon's just gone. So gone. It's and if you've listened to me on other podcasts, you know that I started playing Fortnite a lot and just completely dropped Pokemon, and then ended up con- creating content. Fast forward to where we are now. I create content for Channel Fireball. Uh, don't I like do like one video a week on my own channel? Kind of slowed that down. Just school, school, work, and then I, I started my own little business on TCG Player, just buying, selling, uh, investing, stuff like that. That's kind of where we're at now. Uh, yeah. I, I don't participate in the online events. I've only played three. I've played Players' Cup 1, Pog Championships, and then Players' Cup 2, and that's kind of it. Like, I don't really play the Literally only events. done the Pog Championships. And yeah. I found out about the Pog Championships 24 hours before it started. So, but, like, I think it's... Um, it's cool. It's good to see something like that because um, I had Luke on last week, and he's balls deep. Balls deep. 
nonstop Pokemon, and like it's good to see the other perspective because that's kind of where I'm, I'm at. I I just quit. Basically, just ran away from the game for seven months and um, finally coming back. And but a lot has changed. A lot has changed, and I think I I, I really do want to dive into this whole um, jumping in on this this Pokemon boom of hey. I can't, I can't hold the product on my shelf. And <laughs> this is how, um, cause I mean, we, I've talked about Danny Phantom, who's pretty much made a YouTube channel telling everyone how to fucking start their own business, which I think is great. And, um, as, as someone, as you said, you, you've started your own TCG, uh, player thing. And, um, I'd like to see how, how that works. Like, yeah, I mean, obviously, I watch Danny Phantom stuff, and but uh, you don't see the results, you know. So, um, when did you start uh, doing it? Did you see like the boom and go, "All right, let's do it," or did you were you there before the boom? Yeah, so I didn't I didn't really understand the boom um, probably until Logan Paul did it. I started all this TCG player stuff up probably in probably in June. Um, basically how I got set up, uh, I did, I'm a huge fan of Danny Phantom's videos. Danny, great videos, great content, as you've mentioned. Uh, and anyone that's looking to start a business or do anything financial with Pokemon related, you should definitely check him out. Um, just a great, great content overall. And he really just gives back to his community and just like, there's no, there's no, there's no hidden secrets. It's all out there. Like one of his first big videos was how to get a distributor. And a lot of people don't know how to do that. And like, that's one thing that you can kind of use to grow your business uh, is distribution and pre-orders and stuff like that um, but as for the Pokemon boom I kind of just started selling on TCG player you know here and there um, I left a team called Ultimate Spice Gaming and went to Channel Fireball and the owner of Ultimate Spice Gaming Brian uh, Galat I, I reached out to him and asked him if he would kind of teach me the Pokemon business world and uh, he, he agreed we kind of kept our relationship going and he's still a great friend to this day he helps me with everything I bought cards from him um, and he mentors me pretty much. So I, before Danny even existed, I had Brian. That's and cool. to, to me, Brian is Danny. Uh, their, their teachings are like pretty identical. Uh, and it was really funny when I saw some of Danny's videos. I was like, Brian, you know that Danny's just like exposing this information, right? And he's like, oh, I had no idea. Checks it out. And he's like, yep, that's exactly what we're doing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it was, I definitely got in there. And then the Logan Paul thing hit. That's kind of when it was like an awakening that, oh, stuff is going to start flying. And I knew that uh, collectibles were going like increasing in price. But the Logan Paul thing kind of was just like, wow, this is about to explode. Right. Um, that's kind of where I was before that. That's dope. I think, I think, I don't think a lot of people seen it coming. Um, I was a, I'm a person, I, I've talked about this a lot. Um, I listen to Gary B, and he, he's one of, uh, a person that invests a lot in Pokemon. He, he's invested over a million dollars this year, he said, in Pokemon, yeah. and, um, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but when he when he explained it and he said, because um, he invested in sports cards, and um, he he's found it very lucrative lucrative to to do that. But the difference between Pokemon and sports cards is that Charizard never gets hurt. Charizard doesn't get tired. Charizard always is good. There's never yep. it's like having Michael Jordan card. Always good because guess what? Michael Jordan don't play anymore. And oh actually it's better because guess what? Charizard can't do something stupid. Charizard's not gonna go get drunk uh, and do something dumb, you know? Charizard's always gonna be 
expensive. Like it's just, and when he explained it that way, I was like, it's so true. If you're going to jump into investing in cards, um, there's so much less risk in, in Pokemon cards. And, um, when you look at Pokemon as a whole, it's like the number one thing, grossing thing in the universe at this point. And, um, it was super smart, and especially when you have people like him and and Logan Paul endorsing it, it just the the wildfire just starts because the prices don't go down because people with money are in the in this deep, and they're gonna want returns on this. So it is what it is now. But I think it's crazy. I wish I would have jumped in. Like you always say that. I'm like I've been playing this game five years. Um, at, at any point in those five years, I could have bought hundreds of Charizard base set Charizards for 20, 30 bucks each. Yeah. And I'm sure I've bulked my fair share of Evolutions Hollow Charizards. Right. Like, I, I own one and I found it in a bulk box. Because, like, when I was doing my business, I sorted everything. Everything mm-hmm. is sorted, at, at least by set and rarity. So I found one copy of Evolution Charizard, and I know I've had multiple. Yeah. And like the corner is completely whited from just being in a bulk box. Right. So like I, I yeah for sure absolutely. It sucks. It's like, but as a competitive player, um, there's so much. So like, I wouldn't even buy a product if it had Evolution Pack in it. Like I didn't want that yeah. shit. That shit was trash. It was like yeah, and like I personally think right now. Evolution packs or evolution is just super oversaturated, and um, you can get a Charizard from Evolution for like fifty bucks on TCG Player, but to buy a booster box is like six hundred dollars or something. It's like mm-hmm. that doesn't add up. Like where other product is a lot better. Like the 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 money's there, but a lot of people are riding and dying on this PSA ten thing like what, what's your opinion on this i i feel like when i think when someone tells me like oh this is uh three thousand dollars if it's a psa 10 like how often are we getting this psa 10 like is, are you getting these like that's that's my opinion I, like i don't know like i don't think i've ever had anything graded but i feel like if it's gonna be a psa 10 like there's a reason it's not easy to get so mm-hmm. um, when i watch all these people that aren't Pokemon YouTubers that aren't really deep that that jump on this bandwagon they open these packs like oh that's a PSA 10 and just send it in I got a million dollars I'm like is it that easy or is that what we're talking about yeah so I think to answer this question I kind of have to set the scene for myself I I don't so like because I'm really young I don't have a lot of capital and I, right. this business is obviously trying to do that so, Watsy era and stuff, I try to avoid it as much as possible. It's just not, like, I don't have that personal collection or connection to it because I wasn't a, I wasn't even alive when that was booming. So, yeah. it's like, to me, owning a base set Charizard is strictly monetary. There is no yeah. nostalgia involved in it. So, I've done a lot more, like, modern stuff, competitive staples, competitive cards, stuff like that. Uh, and then, as for grading, I haven't even sent in a grading submission. Okay. The, the 400-something dollar cost that it takes... Well, I mean, so I have this stack right here that is just all cards that I'm going to send to grade. So, you know, 40-something cards in top loaders, which I know they have to be semi-rigid, but whatever. (laughs) So I'm just waiting to get something big enough and just send it. 
and just bite that cost and then see. So I have cards in there that I think are PSA 10s or close to it, but I have no idea. And I do agree with you. I think people are way too like nitpicky on what they think is a PSA 10, and they just want to ride the hype of, oh, this is this could be a PSA 10, so I'm just going to send it off, get it graded. Right. Now, I, I think that sending cards to grade that could be like 8 to 9 are still worth it. Okay. But like people that are trying to flip modern cards and are just expecting PSA 10 on every card, they I don't think they're factoring everything that can go into a PSA 10. Right. That's what... So. Like, I don't know. The whole... Like... Because the, the series is so saturated with, with Pokemon at this point that, like, all I see is, like, oh, that's a PSA 10, and I've opened first edition booster box, and every card that they pull out is, like, well... Um, after accumulating, I've made this much money. It's like, but did you? And like, yeah, whew, I don't know. It, Cause I, I, I see where you're coming from. You're, you're more, um, kind of on the competitive side where you're, you're, you're selling singles and this, but it's like, how often are, is someone buying a first edition drowsy? Like you got, you I know you got a PSA 10 first edition drowsy card. It's like, it's got to be such a niche where someone wants like first edition base set PSA 10 of every single card in that set. Like that's, yeah. I'm like, are you really making any money off that card or is, are you just saying that? You know? Yeah. And I think, I think people like, I don't know. I don't know if people buy right? the first edition, like, cards like that like people say they do mm-hmm. but do they actually and i know that one of the big things about psa grading cards is you need to like be able to flip them because if you grade a card and you sit on it for 10 plus years and it just doesn't move it doesn't sell and like the expected value is 500 dollars or something but you can't get rid of it like what can yeah. you actually do with the card then you have to lowball yourself and i mean then you're getting into what did you actually pay for the card itself you're yes. grading it raw you're taking the gamble that even gets a 10 and I'm sure there are people out there that want, like, PSA 10, the entire base set. But, like, it is so niche that you, you need to be able right. to flip it. So Absolutely. I think it's worth grading those cards if you can foot the bill for it instantly. Um, but And you also have to think, this Pokemon boom has happened, and there are several thousands of people, maybe even tens of thousands of people that are just sending cards. Like, throw the cards at PSA, throw the cards at PSA. There are also many of these, like, $1,000 PSA orders just throwing cards at PSA. Six, seven, you know, a year from now, we're going to see these pops go up, way up. Right. And people are just going to have more of the cards because they're like, oh, there's money in this, and just get rid of it. Yeah, because, like, um, I don't know. I, I can't remember. I was watching someone, but they are like, well, there's only one PSA 10. And it's like, right now, the, yes, I, I see it. I'm like, okay, that kind of makes sense. Let me try to grade this. There's only one. But by the time you grade it, how many are there going to be? Yeah. Like, how many are there going to be? And then how? who's buying it? The, I don't think people talk about the risk enough. I think a lot of these YouTube channels that you're watching, um, they have so much capital that they don't care. Like, the risk is really not there. And, like, it's fun to watch um, because stuff like that's always fun. Like, all, it doesn't matter in what situation. Anybody with a lot of money doing something that you wish you could do is always fun to watch. Um, but at the end of the day, this is gambling. Like you can sit here and say, Oh, it's Pokemon cards, blah, blah, blah. But when you bring up a $10,000 booster box, you know, and you're on a crack it, like 
we can't just sit here and pretend that that's like normal you know it's like you're you're breaking this and you're gambling and hoping for the best and i think the perception to your average person is um that these people are all making money off this like they're they're not losing um especially the way they open the stuff and they're like oh psa 10 is going for this there's only uh, two of them it's like it's hard. I wish it's hard to get the full breakdown because no one's ever going to do that. No one's ever going to show you the process of uh, which which would be awesome. I would love to see someone go take a first edition, I don't know, gym challenge or something, break down every the whole box, um, keep it all grade everything that they think should be graded, and then show the whole process of them making all their money back because that would be a lot more legitimate than what we're seeing right now because I think a lot of people could get in trouble doing this. I think someone that isn't financially stable as much as uh, these people could, could buy this $20,000 booster box, crack it. And now they have a bunch of cardboard and I'm like, I don't know how good that is. Um, Which I don't know. It's hard to put that on blame on anyone um, because content's content. Especially because, like, these content creators are making money just off breaking stuff, which is super saturated because they're buying, um, I'm breaking $6,000 or 6,000 packs. Like, am I going to get a good card? Obviously, you're going to get a good card. Okay. Yeah. Like, you're going to eventually, you you open 6,000 packs, I, you'll get a shiny Charizard. All right. That's just how it works, you know? Yeah. But, um,. I'd like to try to dive back into like the bread and butter, which is the competitive scene, the way you're, you, you, you're talking, um, with your small business. Cause you're, you're on TCG player, which if you don't know what TCG player is, it's basically just the hub for all card games, like selling cards online has literally, I mean, eBay, there's eBay and stuff, but that is like a, I would only sell my stuff on eBay and stuff in like a niche situation. I think if you want quick um, returns and like you want to, you have a lot of cards to offload, I think TCG Player is just the place to go. Like, I think anyone who is playing competitively or, um, yeah, pretty much anyone who plays competitively, TCG Player is always the go to because it's nonstop. Like, at every almost every major store like is on TCG player um mm-hmm. and it's uh, I th- it was fucking genius when they started that they're like we're just hub every you don't need a website you just put all your shit on my website which is dope um yeah it's basically I, eBay for trading cards specifically in products yeah. it's like but it's not yeah I, I don't know it's like yeah it's basically just for trading cards and products um definitely check that out but it pretty much what's the process here do you have do you need a business license and stuff to to do a tcg player no no so i mean i would imagine if your sales volume gets super high to the point where like tcg player wants you to fill out tax forms and stuff i'm sure at that point you would probably need something like that um there's in their settings tab there's a little thing that's like do you need to pay taxes or whatever to tcg player so obviously if you if you earn a certain amount you have to pay taxes on that just from like income tax in general 
Um, but there is something completely different from TCG Player that I would imagine is its own entity. Yeah. But um, as for me, I mean, I I didn't start with a lot of stuff. I just kind of took personal inventory, and because I'm a competitive player, I bridge my cards, I riffle my cards. Pretty much anything I owned uh, that was, like, strictly a competitive card was probably, like, played, super yeah. played. So I started started pay, uh, putting aside paychecks, and, I mean, most of my paychecks I was just throwing into Robinhood and, like, investing in stocks. And we, um, and then I have a Fidelity account that I throw money into an Roth, Roth IRA uh, thing. But, like, I just started, like, kind of changing where I was putting my money, putting a little bit still over there because I really like investing. But the other just started going to this business. And I would just go on um, Verbank or whatever, and Verbank's eating Poke Market, and just offer 60% on lots. Uh, anytime I saw a lot, just send them a message. Hey, I see you're, you have this lot. If you don't sell it to someone, I'll buy the whole thing at 60% right now. And worst that can happen is no. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people see this as like a very daunting task or like, oh, you're going to get labeled as a low baller. But you got to remember, you are doing this to make money. Correct. Like, you can't let emotions play into this. Uh, if they yeah. say yes, then you can negotiate. You know, maybe they want an extra $20 on top of what you're offering. And if you think you can make that margin, you do it. But that was really how I started my inventory. I just offered 60% on, you know, a lot that was probably worth a thousand something dollars. And, um, you know, ended up getting it for whatever the cost ended up being. Yeah. And uh, it came in. I listed everything going off TCG lowest. And if you want to list stuff fast, get it sold quickly, you go TCG low all the time. And that 60% that you are paying is on TCG low. So you can factor that into it, too. And I just started flipping that inventory. Just the collection flew really fast. There was a point where I had, like, 30 orders in a weekend on just the stuff from that that collection alone. Um and it kind of just like put it in perspective that you can, you know, people want cards. And uh, once once I realized that people are going to pay for, I don't know, what's what's a bulk view? We'll just pull one out. Uh, Nagana Del GX from, you know, whatever. And I mean, that card has seen competitive play, but say it was just something even worse. Yeah. People want that. And once I realized that, I'm like, wow, people want everything. You know, they want their sand shrew from whatever set. Yeah. Just because. So I started going through my, uh, like, bulk. I have thousands of bolt cards i just started listing i listed all the extra trainers i had that i was in like fine condition all my bulk everything my it's, tcg player store has probably eight thousand, a hundred something inventory now and it's all just bulk and i haven't even finished most of the like collections and bulk i have so it was really just the process of like starting to buy things in bulk start building up an inventory and the bigger inventory you have the more people will see your store name the more people will buy your rep goes up people want the reputable sellers and uh, from there, it was just kind of just continuing that pattern. And really, the biggest struggle I've run into is just finding the capital to do what right. I'm doing now, but at a bigger scale. Yeah, that's. I think that's super dope. I think um, when you say that, I just, I'm like, in my head, I'm like thinking I have a binder that's just like stacked with trainer cards. And like, you sit here and watch all the boom and shit, like they're throwing trainer cards out you know but it's like if to a competitor when i look at the trainer thing i'm like all right this is the real cards like this changes the game but it's like when you start talking about it i'm like oh those i could sell the shit out of that i could just i have so many copies i have like 20 sycamores or some shit you know just put sycamores up there like like you make it sound so easy but like at the end of the day it kind of is you know yeah so on a on a very basic level, the act of listing something and putting it out there on the internet and someone buying it is very simple. Uh, the problem 
then comes with how are you doing this? Are you doing this for some extra side income? It's not like a big deal, or is this something that you want to take from something very small and scale it upwards to maybe even like you know owning your own store, store, being a troll and toad? Like obviously, troll and toad is the number one card thing, and it's very unlikely that someone becomes the next troll and toad. But like if you think about it, you have all these stores out there. They didn't start from just not like from from where they are now. They put money into something and built. Uh, so when you think that way, when you want to scale this into something bigger, and to me, this I want this to be something that shows myself that I can run a business, that okay. I can do this with anything. So if I can do this with cards, I can do this with houses. Right. That's kind of my thought process. And it's really cool to just be able to succeed in doing this and then try and translate that to something else. Right. So and when you get in that mindset, and this is something I learned super quickly, and another big thing is if you make a mistake, learn from the mistake fast. Right. Uh, you know, don't don't linger on the mistake. And you listen to Gary V. I listen to plenty of financial mm-hmm. advisors and Gary V. himself, actually. So, like a lot of this stuff that I'm saying is probably going to be something that someone has heard somewhere around the line, right. uh, along the lines. But um, fail fast. And it is so important to open a business checking account and keep everything completely separate from your personal, because it allows you to analyze costs, analyze profits so much easier. Right. Uh, I made that mistake early for the first four months of my business. Everything was combined with my personal check or like debit card. Debit card. And and I I would be like, how much did I profit off this? And I would have to go like TCG player and then figure out you know this this this. And then there was like the random McDonald's order just in there. And it just <laughs> you know you know what I'm saying? Like, it just didn't work. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was that was like step one. Separate those. Step two. Listening to channels that know what they're talking about. Danny Phantom, for example is going to help you so much, you need to understand shipping costs. You yes. can make shipping so affordable to the point where you can like profit off of TCG player charging someone shipping uh, if you do it correctly. And like you have to be comfortable with taking risk as well. I ship $20 orders in plain white envelopes. And that's because if I buy a card for you know $12 or whatever, you get hit with fees, you get hit with tracking, and then you're making like $2 off that yeah. card. Where you can make, you know, five, something like that. So you yeah. need to understand shipping. You need to separate your checking accounts, and you just need to like just be proactive. Look right. for stuff. You know, check your check your Facebook Marketplace, check your Craigslist, eBay, you know, whatever, and don't be afraid to just like buy things and take that risk and get into them. Uh, obviously, do your research, but uh, you'd be surprised what people are willing to sell. Yeah, I think um, right when this boom happened, I had like. Um... I had a binder full of base set, um, jungle, uh, fossil, and base set. I had, like, basically I just took, like, all the first 150 Pokemon, all their hollows, and the set. I put it in a binder. And, like, the boom happened. I'm like, you know, I wonder what this is worth. So I started looking at these cards, and uh, they were so beat. Like, it was disgusting. I'm like, why did I buy these cards? And, like, I remember I bought them on eBay for, like, 80 bucks um, just because I wanted them. I was like, I just want a set, you know? And then I started, like, it didn't come with all the hollows. So, over over the years, I just started buying each hollow, you know? It's like, oh, it's like $4 or some shit, you know? So, I had it all stacked. And then I started looking at them. They're so beat. And I'm like, I'm not going to be able to sell this. And, like, I was like, I put them, I looked on eBay. It was like. Six hundred dollars. Someone had one for like six hundred. You know, I was like, all right, I'm gonna put mine for seven. And in the description, I'm just gonna say they're beat. They're all beat. And 
And then fucking I I got within an hour, I got fifty messages. And then within like three hours I had it sold. And then I I even I had to message the guy. I was like message I'm like you understand that these cards are not in good condition. And he's like, Yep. I'm like, Do you want to see any cards before I ship this shit? And he's like, Nope. I'm like Thank the gods. Send that shit, got my money. Which I know that's like um such a thing that people don't a nightmare that people don't realize. Um like yeah. after you after you send shit, it's not that money's not there. Like you might have sold it, but like it's got to get there and it's got to be good. Like you don't I've heard a lot of fucking horrible stories where it's like I have to give all the money back and the fucking card showed up fucked up and or it didn't show up or they didn't like the they don't agree with it being mint and shit like that. It's like how 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 do you go about that? Do you do you when you cuz on TCG player you can put mint or played like there's a lot near yeah. mint played do you do you just stick with like near mint or 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 kind of well played or what do you what do you uh or do you go and like oh this is near mint card like yeah how do you how do you do that so i don't really have a set strategy for this but something that is kind of a blanket statement is I am 100% willing to full refund anyone's order that's unhappy with what they've okay. gotten. And now, obviously, if they've ordered, like, $300 in cards, or, I mean, like, we're talking, like, 50 plus, like, basically 50 plus, and they want a refund, I'm going to need a little bit more in- information on, you know, what happened. Did, you know, can it, obviously, they have to tell me what the problem is. We have to d- deep dive a little bit into it before I give them a refund, just so I know as a seller, where did I go wrong, or, you know, whatever. But if it, and if it's fifty dollars or order, then maybe we take it to TCG Player, see what's going on, because you know you can't just be like, oh, my fifty dollar order didn't come when there's tracking, right? So, right. But for anything under that, if they're unhappy with what's happened, you know, maybe they ordered near mint, they got what they think is lightly played or whatever. It's whatever. I'll put the cost. And uh, I've actually had people that I've like refunded, and they come back as a as a repeat customer. Oh, that's good. And and I feel like. Um, I feel like working at McDonald's has probably helped me a lot in the customer service industry because every time I respond to a refund offer or, like, a question about whatever, people are always like, thank you for being so professional, you know, whatever. And they're always like, people don't get back on TCG Player and you responded within, like, two hours. I'm like, how do you not respond to someone? Right. It's like, question. So, I, I mean, I've had 436 sales, I think, at this point, and I have a 100% feedback rating. Oh, that's great. That's and I, and I've, had, I've had mistakes. And I think I've... You know, there's a lot of orders that I refund before they go out just because I'm like, I was tired. I did not see this card, you know, listed as this. I'll message them. If they still want the card and lightly played, it would be the same price. So I'll message them, see if they still want it. If they say no, whatever. If they want it, cool. I'll just send it out. Right. But, like, sometimes, you know, I listed these, like, two Septile X Full Arts. And I, I put them as near mint. And I, I start packing them. I double check every order. I look at them. I'm like, these are, like, moderately played. How did I do this? <laughs> right. How did I mess up this bad? And, you know, I just messaged the guy. I was like, hey, these are clearly moderately played. You know, I'll give you one free and just send them both uh, and partial refund one of them. He's like, yeah, dude, that's totally fine. You know, thanks so much for reaching out. So I just try to be very transparent um, with people. And, I mean, worst case scenario, you lose a sale. Like, right. you, you really, it's not that big of a deal. Now, if someone, at, like, says that their order is missing, 
Um, I've had this happen twice. One person said that I mailed cards and the envelope was empty, which, I mean, I've heard that this happens, and I was just kind of like, okay, uh, when I get home from work, I'll look around my desk area, see if I can find the cards. You know, maybe they fell out. I don't know. So I look around my desk. I don't see them. I know that they're, like, you know, I know I sent them to the post office and everything, so everything should be checking out on my side. I can't find them in my office space, so I'm like, it was $1.46, I'll just refund it, yeah. you know, whatever. If it happens again, there might be an issue. So, you know, I just foot the cost, just be careful, double-checking every order and stuff like that, and then one person said it just didn't get delivered at all, and it was like a month of waiting. So I asked him, hey, just wait one more week, if it doesn't show up, full refund. So, you know, I'm willing to foot costs like that, it's completely, or, uh, it's completely fine by me right. you know i would just get a little suspicious if someone says an order over at like a big amount, big amount. Just... yeah yeah I, I agree i think like your company's not gonna make or break on a dollar fucking card but yeah and like... you really can't do anything honestly about cards missing yeah. or if they claim they can't do anything it's not tracked because in order to save costs you have to ship some of these things P- pwe yeah. like you are not tracking a play set of dive balls right so if it goes missing, you know, you kind of just have to take the L. Yeah. And that's not it. Hey, that doesn't mean, if you're listening to this, that you fucking be a scumbag. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't be a scumbag. Right? Don't do that. <laughs> as, much as, as much as it sounds, like like you said, you can't really do anything about it. Just like... I th- yeah. But I think normal, like, people have are, are, are just not like that. Like, yeah. they're not going to do that to people. But, I mean, obviously there are some people that will, but... The majority of people won't do shit like that. Um, yeah, and TTG player can see every interaction you have with the buyer and seller. So, like, I would imagine if this is a repeat thing where they keep refunding orders or whatever, that they would catch on and be yeah. like, hey, you've had seven orders go missing. I mean, I could be assuming, uh, but that's, I mean, I That's a good assumption, it. though. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, So, I like that aspect. I like the... Um, because no one talks about that when, it, when I mean I've talked to Danny and and Papa Blasters and and when when I was going to jump into it and they they talked about stuff like that when it comes down to um, the quality and people wanting their shit back but um, the way you explain it, it's really it's it's the right way to do it if you're gonna you're not gonna make or break your company on a, a two dollar card so. If it, it's so much easier to just take the loss, be very um, polite and respectful with with any customers, and like you said, they come back to you. And I mean, obviously, if it just they keep coming back to you with the same bullshit, all right, we're going. Yeah. I mean, there yeah, comes to a point, you know. Yeah, you can escalate any thread that you want to TCG player. So if someone yeah. said an order is missing, I could just escalate it to TCG player. And they would handle it, but you know it's better not to do that because you know if you can figure it out yourself, it's probably better to do that. Um, another thing is like I have a lot of the cards that I have listed are basically bulk cards. You know whether you want to call them trainers or yeah. common uncommons. My my exgx you know rarity big rarity stuff is like only an elite trainer box of stuff. Right. Uh, so anytime I list a trainer or a common uncommon that I know I've been sitting in a bulk box and I have not like looked at it myself, I just put it as lightly played. Right. Instantly. So, and people pay near mint prices on lightly played cards if you have quantities of them. So you yeah. would be surprised. Um, like, it's really not a big deal to just list stuff at lightly played. I'm very generous with my rankings. 
So if I think a card even has like a dink that someone would get mad at, instantly lightly played. Yeah. And people still buy it. I have bulk EXGXVs that I list on there, like 299, lightly played, people still buy them. Yeah. The same thing as a Nearman at 299. Uh, I, so, do, I do that. Like, if I, as a competitive player, I'm taking the cheapest card. Like, yeah. if it's playable, I'm taking, I don't care. I don't need it to be near mint. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to ruin it myself. Yeah. So, whatever, like, obviously, I don't want damaged, like, but moderately played, I'll take that shit. Thank you, buddy. Uh, like, yeah. it is what it is. I think, um, I think the competitive scene would be a, safe to say that you could stay afloat, uh, with a company diving into that. I don't, um, I know the boom right now is like vintage and all these high things, but like, I think any company needs their bread and butter that is consistent. Like, I don't know how consistently you're going to be able to ride or die on vintage. Um, unless, unless you're super, uh, invested in it before the boom. Like right now, I, I don't think if someone starting their company today could go, unless you just have crazy capital. You have crazy capital um, and jump into vintage, sure. But as you said, like I, I'm in the same boat as you. Like the capital is a building process, and um, I think the building process comes to the competitive scene, and you should get really familiar on on what's good and and the price drops and um, stuff like that. I think. Um, very smart um, I, and I think that flipping like Japanese and vintage is completely doable and it's just like it's just like what you're into you know if you're not enjoying what you're doing why are you doing it yeah and I I stick to the competitive stuff because it's what I know true uh, you know like I can buy Crobat V's all day and know that people are going to want that card and luckily I sold out of them before this happened but you could have known that a Crobat V shiny was getting released yeah, in some form uh, you know, they're not just going to print Shiny V in Japan and just not bring it to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Like, it's ha- it's happened where they bring cards. I mean, maybe the off chance that it doesn't. But sure enough, there is now a premium collection box with Crobat V. So what's going to happen to Crobat V? Yes. Down. And, I mean, maybe it's just a couple dollars, but the couple dollars matters to a seller. You Definitely. need to be on top of something like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's just something... That's just, like, one example of prices falling, but then there's prices booming. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone... You know, if you listen to stuff like this, you would might you might know. Uh, for anyone listening, metal goggles, you could probably buy that card at three cents all day from un- an unsuspecting like collector or whatever. Metal goggles is like three dollars and fifty cents. Yeah, and I, like same with scoop up net and like competitive I, trainers. Yeah. It's, we're in an online era, and these cards mm-hmm. are still expensive. I think like the best like um, the best thing way like I think I've seen. Is to buy cards on on uh, Instagram because Instagram is full of collectors that take all these bulk trainers that three dollar fucking goggles. They don't they to them it's zero. There's no value. If you give them a dollar for that, they are happy. You know, if you give them ten cents, it's like they just want to get rid of their bulk. They're gonna give you it in their bulk. All those trainers that are worth three four five dollars each they're gonna give you to you in their bulk and i know like it sounds scummy but at the end of the day you're a business um and it is what it is it's not 
it'd, it'd be different if he goes, oh, I have these metal goggles, and he knows that it's $3, and you're going to give him $0.10. Cents. Um, but if you just go on TCG Player, or you go on Instagram and and make a post saying, like, if you follow enough people on Instagram, which it's very easy to do, um, and just make a post, you're buying bulk. And you'll be very surprised the shit you can get in bulk. Uh, yeah, for the competitive scene uh, selling, and like I think Danny made a video about that when um, what was it? Uh, custom catchers, custom catchers were like twenty dollars each or something, and he's like, I remember him. He had like a bulk order, had like two hundred of them in that in the bulk. It's like it's fucking gold. It's and like that shit is what. That's how you make money. I think, it, like, custom catchers were such a, a staple card in the game. And I think if you're going to jump, I mean, obviously, you can do what you want. But if you yeah. want to jump into this, the competitive scene, to understand the competitive scene, will only be beneficial. Um, yeah. yeah. A lot of these trainers that you can buy at three cents are basically penny stocks. Yes. Like, like a card could get rotated, making another card good, and then that card that you bought a ton of mm-hmm. just instantly like increases and like buying a ton of bulk is not something that I've really done because um I mean there is there is so much stuff that even I don't know yes. that most people don't know and you know I know I I would say I know a good amount of what goes on behind the scenes and I think that a lot of these YouTubers are trying to um bring some of that stuff to light including myself on my own channel but like even I don't know all the stuff that goes on and you got to think like why are people buying bulk? Yes, there's there's a, wor- there's a world of bulk that people don't understand. Bulk, yeah, there's an entire world of bulk. People mm-hmm. listed in lots on Verbank, they, you know, do whatever with it, and um, people just, like, have tons of bulk. And uh, I just haven't bought into it a lot because I have eBay listings for these bulk lots that just haven't popped off. There, are, The reason that bulk lots don't always sell is because there are people that have... 10,000 plus sales on eBay, 100% feedback rating, and, you know, they right. can cut those costs. Yeah. So, I mean, buying like buying bulk is a world I plan on getting into later on, um, and now it's just kind of like if I'm buying out someone's entire collection and they have bulk, I'll offer them a rate on it. Yeah. Uh, but even even the two collections of bulk I've bought so far, there's gold. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether it's Battle Compressor, Expanded Trainers, you know, whatever, there's plenty of good stuff in there. I remember when I first started playing this game, um, Bulk was seen to be useless. It was so... No one... Especially in my local scene. Everyone thought it was garbage. And then... I got on Verbank. And someone was like... Um... 2,000 bulk for a booster box. I was like... Hmm, what do I got? Look what I got. I was like, cool. Went to my local store. I'm like, hey, do you guys have bulk? And they're like, yeah. And uh, they have like... 10, 15,000. I'm like... Would you sell this to me? Like, yeah. Well, how much you pay? I like. What if I gave you like a hundred dollars? They're like, yeah, sure. And that, th- I just got like fifty boxes. Like, I just like the shit I did. Like looking back was like super scummy, but it was like, like it was genius. And I, I, I wiped out every store in Las Vegas of their bulk. I wiped out every player in Las Vegas of their bulk. Um, and it's just, I don't know. I 
I couldn't believe that I was the only one who knew this. I'm like, wait a minute. You guys don't know the value of this? The value of this yeah. is a lot higher than what you guys are doing. And like, yeah. it, being that one step ahead is just, it, it's so powerful. Because I took that and this is when fucking, uh, what was it, Sky or Shaman, what was Shaman set came out? Um, Roaring Skies. Roaring Skies came out. I'm sitting on 20 plus boxes of Roaring Skies that I did not pay for. That that I got off bulk. Like, you know how many shamans you get out of that? Like, it's insane. And like, it's little things like that. And that's just being like, one step ahead. And like, w- the person I, I've sell the bulk to, they're one step ahead of me. Because they're not, they're doing something with it. Do I know? Yeah. I have any clue? I have no clue. I have no yeah. clue what they're doing. Um, there's a whole new world. Um, that secret's not out. And I think that secret, it might be out, but it's just such a small um, niche area that, like, it probably isn't profitable for everyone, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean... Yeah, for for anyone that's made it this far, I want to give them a little golden nugget, and I'm going to upload a video about this on my channel at some point. I have no idea when this is going out. But <laughs> you'd be surprised, even in right now, that what stuff people don't know. Um, I have... So Black Friday and Cyber Monday just happened. Yeah. TCG Player offered 10% kickback on whatever you purchase. And that's just like the extra of what I'm about to say. And maybe you know about this, maybe you don't. But... As a TCG player seller, and luckily I had Brian to help me prevent this, but if you don't list your stuff correctly when, you, when you're giving shipping guidelines, you can buy cards that are worth a lot of money for one cent or, or three cents or whatever. And Zach, I don't know if you're, you knew what I'm about, but here's, here's how you do this. And you can do this with bulk Vs, bulk GXs and stuff too, and it's really good to source them. Let's take, let's take Drapion V. I've done this several times. I, I think I have like 20 Drapion Vs now. You go on TCG Player, you search up Drapion V, you see all the sellers. You know, that card is probably like a dollar, dollar fifty, yeah. whatever. Set the filter to item price only. And then you're gonna see a bunch of different listings for fifty cents plus a dollar shipping. You know, four cents plus a dollar shipping, whatever. You can do this on any card. It's it's not really likely on a, a high ticket items, but like bulk, trainers, good trainers, research, stuff like that. So Drapion V, fifty cents. Click on the seller. Shop from seller. And then you see that because they listed this card like this, they listed all their other cards like this. That $1 shipping applies to the order, not the card. So I bought tons of trainers, researches, Marnies, you know, Altarias from Champion's Path, various bulk Vs for disgusting prices, charged a dollar. Now, this method is not foolproof. If the seller realizes what you're doing, they just refund your order. Right. And there's nothing you can do about it. But, But... out of, out of the 14 or so items or orders that I made, I have gotten like 11 of them with confirmed shipping. And I just went on someone's store yet like two nights ago with my friend. And they had <laughs> 80, 80, like, I think my order uh, quantity was 87 items. And it ended up coming to like 85 something dollars, but it was all bulk GXB, EXV. That's crazy. And I'm completely fine paying a dollar on cards like that. Yes. And we're talking Talonflame Vs or Beetle Vs, Colossal Vs, like like actually good cards that people are listing for this. And if you want to go the trainer's route, I bought researches for one cent each. 
And if you can buy enough cards from that store to make the shipping cost, like, turn those cards into, like, three-cent cards. That's all you have to do. That's all you have to do. And then you, you like, say events come back, and now I'm sitting on 100 professors' researches, and the local area needs professors' researches. I have no problem selling about 25 cents, 50 cents, a dollar each, 75 cents each. You can just be like, oh, a dollar for a place at a research that I paid four cents on? Boom. 96, 96 cents profit. Yeah, and it is. It is like I'm gonna upload a video on this, and I think it's a really cool video. Uh, it's not foolproof by any means, but you know, if you find the you right can. card, you know what you're looking for. You can you can make really easy money on TCG Player. That's crazy to think like because like that happens because they're trying to keep the cost low, but the shipping's a dollar, so they end up yeah. the cards only selling the card for like five six cents or whatever it is. Yeah, then, basically what happens is when, when you create a new TCG player account, you are given, like, you have to charge shipping or yes. something something like that. So you can get that four ninety nine shipping down to a dollar, which is what most people would do. And then a lot of these people just go, like, match lowest listing. Well, in yep. order to match the lowest listing, it factors in the fact that you're going to charge them shipping. Mm-hmm. So it makes that card, like, four cents or a cent or what, you whatever, know, whatever it is. Yeah. So then you go into their store, take advantage of this, and then you just buy them out. Now this is where, yeah, is that scummy? Yes, it, it could be. But, <laughs> but, but again, that, that's their fault you're, for you're, not yes. refunding the order. They have all the you're power. You're one step ahead of them. Full, full refund their order. Yes. Um, and I mean, yeah, it's it's worked pretty well. I really, mm. I'm a big fan of buying bulky XGXVs because at like a dollar, because I know there are people that will pay more than a dollar. So, like worst case scenario, if I buy a hundred bulk Vs. And I know, you know, some dollar. person on Burbank sells or buys them for a dollar and a quarter. You, still you know, twenty five percent return. Yeah, completely fine. It's completely fine. I think, like, so obviously they're going to be people watching. Oh, that's so scumbaggy! But like, at the end of the day, it's a business, and being one step ahead of anybody, um, it's just the the way you should do it. I think. Um, if you're gonna jump into this business, you should take it serious. And if you're yeah, gonna if you're gonna sit there and just click a button and think that's how shit works, and be lazy, you should get it. You're taken advantage of. of. It's that's just how it works. And, and I mean, like something like that is the same as you going to a garage sale and finding little Timmy's binder for twenty bucks and there's a gold star in it. Like I've done that too. Yeah. I've done I've done every trick in the book for stuff like this. But like you gotta think if you go, oh Timmy, your Vaporeon Gold Star is worth a thousand dollars. If that's yes. not what it's worth, it's probably me. more than that. But yeah. Okay. But we'll, we'll stay at a thousand dollars baseline. Yeah. yeah. I'm, and then you're like, hmm, I buy cards at sixty percent. I'll give him six hundred dollars right now. No. no. What? No. You can make nine hundred and eighty dollars on that card. Yes. You and you're going to offer him 50%, and then he's going to be like, Mom, he's offering me $600. Yeah. Like, no, you're not going to do that. Yeah. Uh, and I, but, like, like you kind of have to just understand that this is a part of it. People, like, the people that have the the capacity to do pre-orders or have Champions Pass stuff and are marking it up, you know, I don't, I don't really think that scalping is good, but I understand what they're doing. Yes. I'm not on Burbank Post being like, how dare you, you know, charge $100 for this card or this box when it's only MSRP supply and demand. Like, yeah. they don't exist. If you want it, you got to buy it. Right. I think, like, I think there's a place for it. Like, um, 
if you're a fucking backpack vendor, which basically what you are, um, I don't see any problem with that. But if you're going to be a retail store, like for you to for you to just go, I I I can't stand that. I can't stand if I go to like a retail store, even like a local card shop that has a store that sells stuff, and that they're like, um, this booster box is. Yeah, I know it's Vivid Voltage. It came out yesterday. Um, it's one hundred and fifty dollars. I was like, I can't stand that. I'm like, you're a fucking store. Like, you you should be past fucking trying to fuck people over. Um, yeah. Like, I don't I don't get it. But that's like if Target was selling fucking EBTs at a hundred dollars. Like, yeah. please, please. Yeah, and, and like I understand people's hustle, you know. Yeah. I I'm technically doing the same thing they are, but you know, with a different item that's more acceptable. Uh, I don't know if the listeners or you are familiar with Amiibos, the, okay. uh, the like little Nintendo figures. I was super into that. I didn't flip them; I just liked holding them. But you know, people would go to Toys R Us's and different places that have them and buy them out mm-hmm. and then flip them online. Like flipping is just a thing; it just yeah. exists. Any time that any time that demand is high for something and there's not a supply for it. People are going to charge whatever they want on it. Yeah. Um, and I agree with you. I think retail stores should stay true to, you know, what, uh, whatever the accepted MSRP is. But you've heard Danny preach yeah. about this. You know, he, he's going to stay true to the best of his ability on pre-orders and stuff like that. And past yeah. that, it's kind of just the market. Yeah. Right, is, now, right now, box prices are 140 something dollars. Like, yeah. it's just kind of accept. Like, that's just kind of a thing. Yeah, um, that's so. crazy. I don't know. The whole thing's... The whole thing is, it's just a different world right now. Um, the way the prices, I think it will go back down, especially on on um, new stuff that comes out because yeah, that's just how it is. I mean, obviously, we got that fucking shiny fates whatever set coming yeah. out, and that's gonna be some crazy nonsense. Um, yeah, and at the, at the end of the day, this all like really stems from Pokemon too. Yeah. Um, or, you know, I don't know if Pokemon's in charge, but whoever's printing this stuff, if they printed more, this wouldn't really be an issue. Uh, there is a boom right now that is causing more demand, but they should be taking advantage of that. Right. They should be like, Vivid Voltage? Yeah, flood it. Just let it go. Let, let the printers run. Just yeah. keep going. And it sucks for me, too, because I want to scale my business. You know, I want to do pre-orders on cool sets. And, right. you know, I'm very... You know, I can I might take advantage of someone on TCG Player as a buyer... But as a seller, I am all about customer service. I'm all about, you know, giving people deals and stuff. So I've offered to my local area, like, 80% off, or I'm sorry, 80% of MSRP on pre-orders. So, and this is just, it builds a client base. It gets me reputation with distributors. Mm -hmm. You know, this is is upsides for me. So, no, I'm not making, you know, a ton ton of money on pre-orders. But, uh, you know, I've offered this to my local area, so don't PM me if you're from, you know, fucking California <laughs> or something and want product at that. But, you know, if they, don't, if they don't want to pay shipping, they can come pick it up from my right. house or I can ship it to them, whatever. And uh, it sucks that I have, you know, people in the local area that I care about that want this stuff. They can't get it from other people. I'm, I couldn't get it. And I emailed my distributor. I'm like, hey, I want this. You know, we're talking like 10 cases of the Shining Fate TTBs, right? No. And they're like, eh. Maybe, maybe you'll get one. Maybe, maybe one. It just blows. Like, the allocation is so sad. Yeah. Because it just, like, really limits what you can do and what Mm -hmm. people can buy. Because I'm just trying to help 
you know, the people in my area. And yes, I'm making money off it. Yes, it benefits me. But, but at the same time, they get a place that they can buy stuff for 20% off. Yeah. If they think or and just, even online. just retail, like if you saw that retail, it's almost it's almost a yeah, discount yeah. at this point. Yeah, at, at this point, retail isn't a discount. Yeah, but yeah. like it just sucks for me because I know that I'm gonna have to send this email to these distributors, and the likelihood is I'm not getting that order fulfilled. Yeah, especially. It just sucks. Do you think a lot of it has? It doesn't matter how long you've been doing it because like you're so new. Do you think you're probably the last person that's gonna get a lot? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. The first distributor I signed up for with this was um, I got in it before Boom, so I know that there's a little bit of drama with like distributors not accepting applications or whatever. I ordered, you know, I asked for like two cases of Champions Path ETVs just for myself, uh, just to invest, hold on them, and I was given three on the the first wave and seven on the next wave, so I got one, yeah. and I'm that, that's pretty good, you know, yeah. it's whatever. That's more than anyone else has for the most part. Right. So, you know, that's acceptable. And then I opened a second distributorship with someone else uh, that I had worked with when I was 14 nice. um, because I had a different thing then. Opened that account. So now I have two. So I'm going to try and mitigate, you know, what I can get by having two. But, yeah. Yeah. Long story short, especially now, if you if you are opening your account now, people are going to be like, this person just wants it to, you know, resell it or whatever. Um, for I mean, they're speculating. Yes. But it's very unlikely that they provide to you. And what even sucks more is you have people that have been in the game like Danny five plus years, and he's talking about he can't even get his yeah, pre-orders get nothing. voltage pre-order box or um, pre-release kits. Yeah, like no one gave a uh, you know no one cared no. about pre-release kits until Charizard was in them, yeah. and they're like bye 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 bye. Yeah, that's crazy. The whole thing's crazy, and but like if you can get in, I think right now is a really good time to get in because the the money is. Basically, just some it's a money money printing machine. Like Danny said, he can't keep anything on his website. And like, if that if that means a bot comes in and buys everything, at the end of the day, as as a company, you're making the money. Like, yeah, I know it sucks, and like Danny's talked about it, where he doesn't like that that a bot comes in on his website and just buys out anything he puts on it. Um, but morally, it sucks. But your bank account looks good. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not telling people to scalp or anything because what? I'm also against it. I just. I just understand people's hustle. You yeah. know. You. You know. It is a. It is a thing that works in society. It happens for a lot of things. It's not just Pokemon. Yes, it happens in other things. There's right. nothing I can really. There's not a whole lot I can do about it to prevent it. So I mean, you got to respect the people that are are doing it. Now, yeah. now here's the difference. If you're going to Target or Walmart or some literal retail store about to pay MSRP on Elite Trainer Box, you whip out your phone, take a picture of the shelf, hey guys, what's good here? I'll sell it to you at, you know, whatever. It's like, yeah. Why? Just do your research. Yeah, you, know, you don't you, know nothing. You see these posts, it's like 40, 40, 50 comments, just like, I don't know, yeah. people are just so I mad. Can't say that. So, so I don't, that I'm very against, but I understand the people that are buying stuff and, you know, charging more because that's what it's worth that's yeah. fine uh yeah. i mean i get it and i think there's a way to go about it i don't i don't think i need to see you um with your target card or your 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 shopping cart where you took everything out of my local scene and um like i just don't like why that doesn't like you're just asking for conflict when you do shit like that like 
you could totally just go do that and put them on eBay or do whatever you want without saying a damn word. And yep. like by by doing something like that, you're you're just inviting that um, stuff. And I yeah. mean, if that's what you want, I mean, that's it's kind of a fuck it up situation. And you should probably just think about like why why you're doing the things you're doing. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm a strong believer that if you're going to charge, you know, what people are asking at some of these price points right now, you should not be posting in Facebook. Like, take take the fees. Go do it on eBay. You know, hide your identity at least. I mean, I don't know. You know, people are going to buy on eBay, and they can't leave you comments in your comments, you know, description telling you that you're an awful person. Like, you know, bite the the 13% on that, you know, crazy markup that you're getting. Yeah. And do it that way. Yeah, it's a. I don't know people. I don't know people are. They don't give a fuck. They're like, uh, uh they. I mean, in my opinion, they invite that drama. And yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they're they're winning and they they don't care. But you got to be nicer. We've we've been. I think every podcast we've talked about being just be a nicer person. I mean, yeah. Uh, it's 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 a, it's incredible how being nice uh can just like put you ahead. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't I don't know if we touched on this in the last podcast we did, but like a lot of me climbing to success was networking mm-hmm. and just just like I had some bad experiences when I started the game with, you know, certain people uh that you could say is bullying and my response was just, you know, kill them with kindness. Yeah. You know, just just continue to be nice to people. Um, you make relationships, you make friendships, like you just grow your network of people yeah. that way. And I, I mean, it's the same thing with, you know, sp- my sponsorship with Brian. Like if I had left him and be like, you know, screw you, right. I'm going to something better. I never would have gotten, you know, the treatment that he gave me. I was yeah. nice about it. I was like, Hey, you know, I want to thank you so much for the opportunity that you gave me, you know, uh, obviously COVID shut down events and stuff and it wasn't whatever, but like, I'd love to learn about the Pokemon business and continue our relationship. Like just be nice to people. It's yeah. so easy. It's so easy it's to be so nice easy. to people. Yeah, it's. I mean, I've burned my my set of bridges before, and um, it's something I think you kind of always regret, even if like that bridge never had an opportunity to 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 mend again. But like, um, you always look back, and ne- there's never a time if you're negative that you're you feel good about it later. So like, just be nicer. And the Pokemon selling world is it's cutthroat. Like at the end of the day, if you're gonna get into this business and if you want to talk about this business, there's one way. There's ways to go about it, and there's ways not to go about it. And um, it's all about making money. And um, I mean, we're gonna wrap this up, but it's like throughout this podcast, we we said some stuff that I mean sounds very scumbaggish, and um, but if you don't do it, someone else is going to do it. And you got to take advantage of stuff. And especially when you're up and coming, like you have to make your capital some way. And if, if, if it's a taking advantage of, of opportunities that other people don't do their research or, um, laziness at the end of the day, um, that's in my opinion that's good on you you know you 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 took that effort and you're one step ahead of someone yeah yeah and i would hope that people don't listen to this and get to the end and be like oh 
this Will Jenkins guy's kind of a scumbag right. because that, that wasn't really my point with that. You know, as a seller, and um, I care very much about the client relationship that I make. And you know, TCG player is me behind a screen. You know, I don't have that in-person yeah. relationship. But when events come back, you know, I want to be able to do deals in person and you know, make sure that people are getting value. I'm getting value. Like I, I want it to be a win-win all the time. And the whole point with me and my local client base is these are people I care about. Yeah. Uh, and like, I would never want to rip them off for anything. I'm very transparent. You know, I tell them what I'm buying the stuff at. You know, I'm telling them, yeah, I'm making a profit because you know I'm not going to do it for free. But I'm very upfront about stuff like this and i care very much so about the relationship yeah. um you know, i've i've worked at mcdonald's for three years now and i've had my fair share of customers that are just <laughs> right I don't know. yeah you know and like there are so many people where i'm just nice to them and they end up coming back to the drive-thru and they recognize me as the person that helped them with whatever their problem was yeah. and they're still there like if i had to deal with someone that had a bad experience every time i worked that'd be awful yeah. So, um, you know, I care very much about the relationship that I'm providing. And as a buyer, it's very transparent, too. When I message people about buying their lot, I'm not like, hey, I'm, I'm lowballing you and offering this. It's yeah. like, hi there, full transparency is the first thing I say. I'm about to offer 60% on your lot. If you're mm -hmm. cool with that and you want to sell it to one person, feel free to message me back. If not, you know, have a good day. Yeah. And, you know, if they say no thanks or whatever, I'm like, cool, thanks for the response, move on. Yeah. You can't let like you you need to just be nice and like you can't let emotions play into stuff like this. Um, you know. There's, I mean, we, I think we touched a lot, and I think anyone who's watching this and you want to get into this, uh, TCG Player is a great place to start, especially if you you have cards sitting. If you're a competitive player and you have a binders sitting full of cards, and you're just you might be over the game. It's been eight, seven, eight months since we've played. You know, make a TCG account, start selling, and just do research. I think research is there's so many avenues now, um, especially with the boom. Um, that you, I mean, obviously a lot of it is vintage and and very high stake stuff. But there's people like Danny Phantom who will sit here and tell you exactly what it takes to run a small business, um, especially starting from scratch. So I think um, Will did a great job too. I think he, he had a lot of insight, a lot of stuff that, like I've been saying, I, I play this game for five years and um, there's stuff that you told me today that's like, okay, after this podcast, we're going to hit up TCG player. <laughs> we're going to check this out, you know? And yeah. It's, it's small things like that that change the game, you know? Yeah, and, and it's crazy. Yeah, I think, like, you wouldn't say shit, like, if you didn't think that there's enough room for everyone, you know? And I think we're getting to that, that point in in transparency in Pokemon where um, the boom is so big that there's enough room for everyone, you know? So, and I think Danny said that enough on his shit where the reason he does this is because he believes... We all can profit from this. We all work together. And if we don't do it a scumbaggish ways and we're, we're good people about it, I think everyone's a win-win. And, I mean, you said that with your thing. It's all about making a win-win. People want Pokemon product. You want to make money off Pokemon product. Let's find a way to, to make this a win-win situation, you know? 
Yeah, and when you're paying 60% on a lot, that 40% that you're not giving them is your time, your shipping stuff. Like, if they want to, you know, people have full-time jobs. They can't afford to do this. You know, I'm a student. Yeah. I work part-time. Uh, and this is, like, this is like what I do from 12 a.m. to 4. You know, right. this is, like, my, my sleep time is what I'm doing. Yeah. If people with full-time jobs, they don't have time to list every card and do stuff like that. Yeah. So, like, that's kind of the, it's, 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 like, uh, it's like a fee almost. Yeah. That forty percent is you making money, but it's also a fee to them. You're you're giving them convenience, and yeah. if they don't want to take that and they would rather do it themselves, that's you know completely fine. Yeah. Um, I think we're gonna wrap it up there. Um, I appreciate you coming on, man. It was good. I think it's it's crazy to see um, our conversation starts from the last podcast to this one. It's like um, it's a different world uh, with COVID and everything. So, yeah. I mean. If this was normal, we'd be talking regional. Some type of regional probably just happened. And um, ADP can uh, burn in hell, you know. But now we're talking businesses, which is dope. I think it's always fun to hit different avenues of, of the Pokemon world. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on, giving, giving your insight on, on a very, like, brand new come up on on this tcg player and um if you have any shout outs or anything you can uh, get out the floor remember thank you so zach obviously thank you for having me on if you guys haven't subscribed by this point and you're still here you know oh this has been going on for a while <laughs> hit that sub you know Appreciate give it. your boy zach some some love uh so yeah thank you so much for having me on Anytime. big shout outs to brian galat he helps he has helped me so much with this information that i know um, you know, Danny Phantom, although not directly, you know, yeah. messaging me or whatever, I've had a few interactions with him. His content is incredible. We've we've listed we've listed him so many times. And yeah. once again, if you're still here and you've heard his name that many times, you probably check him out if you haven't already. Yeah. Uh, but you know, well, the, like my final parting thing: do your research. There is so many. There are so many hidden gems and things out there. Uh, you know, even my my small channel of 500 something subscribers, like. I am a competitive player that is putting out information that is not what people want to hear on my channel. Right. And I'm doing it because I love it. I love finance. I'm all about it. I've watched countless hours of, you know, Gary V, Graham Stephan, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad type stuff. I love it. I'm into the finance world so much. And they always say, you know, read books, do your research, and take risks. And make sure those risks are calculated. Um, you know, don't be dumb about this stuff. It's, yeah. it's, it's numbers at the end of the day. But that's it for me. So thank you, Zach, once again. And uh, that's all I have. Awesome, bro. Thank you again for coming on. Um, tune in Thursday. We'll be back with the boys talking some mess. I think we're going to, if if we haven't already, we're going to do some, like, putting fucking uh, reviews. We, we found some weird shit. So to, I don't know. That might have already happened. It might not have. We're... We're we're stacking up the, the the videos here, but uh, yeah. Every Monday, we'll have this these one on ones. Every Thursday, will be some type of Pokemon breakdown with the boys. Um, I'm sure Will will be on one of those episodes uh, one day. Um, but uh, for now, guys, we're gonna scoop it up.